So if a woman with the resources and the intellect of Serena Williams could almost die because she wasn't listened to and because they tried to erase her, then what does that speak for the ordinary black woman birthing her baby? Welcome back to the Birth Booth Podcast with me, your host, Annie. Joining us today, we have Mars Lord. Mars is a birth activist, a doula, a doula coach, and the founder of Abuela Doulas. She is working to close the gap in maternal mortality rates as black women are currently five times more likely to die in the perinatal period than white women. Her aim is to colour in the landscape of birth. Any mother would be fortunate to have her as a doula. Mars, welcome to the Birth Booth Podcast. Hi, Annie. Thanks for having me. So before we get into this, here on the birth booth, we like to kick things off with an icebreaker. Are you ready? Go for it. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. A superpower. Wow. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, I think being a black woman is a superpower all on its own. Um, yeah. If I had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, can I just be Captain Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> I just have all of them. <laughs> I've never really fancied being invisible or something, though I do like to know what's going on with someone else. If I could have a superpower, what would it be? Gosh, you've really got me there. I think I'm just going to stick with my, can I be Captain Marvel? I want to have the ability to fly and, and transform. I want the, there you go, that one will do. I want the, uh, my superpower would be one of transformation. I would mm. transform people and communities as I go through. Amazing. Why would you want that superpower as opposed to any other? Because then everyone, then if I have that superpower, then I'm not responsible for what people do with the transformation, but the world will hopefully become a better place. The transformations, my hope would be, would be positive ones. I love that. Great. So, Mars, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, what's something that most of us don't know about you? But just in general, just talk to us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So, I'm Mars Lord. I'm a coach. I'm a doula educator. I'm a doula. I'm a birth activist. I am the mother of five children, five grown children, and one gorgeous grandbaby who um totally jumped to the top of the list of my affections elbowing his mum uncles and aunts right out of the way <laughs> and I, I do not apologize for being a very doting nonna um I'm a lover of red wine and red meat do, mm -hmm. do love a good steak and red wine and I love the theater and I love salsa dancing and I love people until I don't. Can you elaborate more on that? What, the loving people or the, or the red woman? <laughs> <laughs> well, the loving people until you don't. What does I, that mean? I will, I will love everyone that comes towards me, but yes. when they come towards me and what they want to bring is hate and destruction, 
then my love for them will vanish. I will be your fiercest supporter. Yeah. But if you if you you mess with me, then I'll just take away my love and it will be cold. <laughs> I won't do anything cold mean. Love. I'll just walk like I don't see you. I know, I'm terrible, <laughs> aren't I? You'll get everything or you'll get nothing. And so the choice is always going to be yours. Yeah, I just can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> just over it. Oh, totally over it. I don't think be fair. I think I was over it in my 20s. But um, the older I get, the easier it is to articulate it and um, not worry about what other people are thinking of, your, of what Absolutely. you've done. Absolutely. I can imagine. Oh, goodness. Okay, so talk to us about what a doula is, because a lot of um, us might not know what a doula is. Um, what does your day today look like, you know? Gosh. So a doula, in short, is, is a birth professional, someone who supports you through pregnancy, labour, birth, and the days and weeks afterwards. Now, my mum asked me once, so what is it that you do? And I tried to explain to her that most of my work with my clients is done before they go into labour. And she said, so what happens when they're in labour? And I said, well, I just sit there and I read my book and um, <laughs> they, they birth their babies. And she said, they pay you to do nothing. But the reason I can sit there and just read my book whilst they're labouring is because we've talked about their choices. We've talked about yeah. the things that they want, that we've helped them to craft their birth plan and preferences they've come to a place where they know that they can ask ask questions of the healthcare professionals to get the birth that they want and if the birth isn't going in the direction in which they want they can still feel an element of control because they know what that they've thought through the things and the different scenarios and the way things might work and because I so completely believe and the birthing person's ability to birth their baby, there is no need for me to be doing things unless they want me to do things. So I sit back during the birth and read my book and they birth. And a birth could last, a labour could last four hours or 44 hours. As a doula, I'm there with them all the way through until they've had the baby. I help them establish feeding and then I go back mm -hmm. a few days later and make sure they haven't broken the baby and the baby hasn't broken them. <laughs> So what does a typical day-to-day -day look like for you then as a doula? Is there a well, typical day? You know, I'm a mother of five and nonna to one. So my day-to-day my -day is just my normal, ordinary day-to-day. -day. I might be sending some emails. I might spend time doing antenatal sessions with different parents. Um, I run an, a free online uh, birthing circle for black and brown women. Uh, that's a safe space and it, the practitioners the people the guests that come into that space are also black and brown and I run that on the second Thursday of every month with two others so I'll be organizing things to do with that different topics different people to come in and speak I am a speaker and get invited to go up and down the country or across the globe to talk about birth activism etc I mean it's very difficult to tell you what my day-to-day -day looks like because I could be in the middle of this I'm not on call so it won't happen but I could be in the middle of this podcast with you and suddenly have to say sorry any we've got to stop because I've got a client in labor 
and I will go because they are my priority. So as a doula, I'm on call for about four weeks, four plus weeks, where I can't be more than 90 minutes away from my client so that when they go into labor and they need me, I'm there with them to support them all the way through. And I don't leave them until they've had their baby and feel safe. So my day to day could change because a baby's coming. Yes. So, um, so what are some of the services that you offer? So as a birth doula, I'm with you as you um, come through your pregnancy, doing your birth planning, etc. And then I support you through the labour, the birth and afterwards. As a postnatal doula, I come and I nurture and I nourish the birthing parent to make sure that their recovery is a good one. I'm a great believer in the lying in period and the 40 days of rest. But if you feel that you can't do that, I work with you in the ways that you want to work but to ensure that you and your body rest and recover and that you and your baby bond really well yeah i run private antenatal sessions as i said i do the mentor doulas and i train doulas i um i train doulas as abuela doulas abuela is spanish for grandmother i have two words that i love for grandmother abuela and nonna and nonna is what my grandbaby calls me and abuela is what my business is called because I believe yeah. in bringing the wisdom of the grandmothers forward into modern birth. And separate to, but connected in some ways to my doula work, I'm also a coach, a business and lifestyle coach where I encourage black women. I take black women and help them to push through to, to reach the next level. So people that have started working on their businesses and have hit that wall and just need to know how to go beyond. And I teach them to change the narrative and take control. So what inspired you to start Abuela Doulas then? The lack of um, cultural safety within birth workers and birth workers training, seeing the the complete imagery right across the vast majority of the doula courses where all the people that were training, all the pictures were full of white women. And I realized that our community didn't see themselves represented. And if they didn't see themselves represented, why would they want a doula? And as we are yeah. five times more likely to die in the perinatal period than white women, it's important that we have doulas that look like us. Now, when I talk yes. about us being five times more likely, it's important that that people remember that it's a small number of people that die in the, you know, during the perinatal period. But within that small number, we are at the greatest risk. Yeah. So it's important to me that there are, you know, look, when I, I remember when I had my third baby. And if you're black, you'll understand. And if you're white, you'll wonder. And whilst she was just at the point of being born and I couldn't let go of the gas and air. And I had a Jamaican midwife and she said, put the gas and air down. You need to just get, it's stopping you from getting this baby out. And I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh. And she said, we said, put the gas and air down so that you can, you can birth your baby. I said, I got, and then she boxed it out of my hand. 
Now, white people at this point go, oh, my God, that's awful. Oh, that's abuse. That's terrible. But she was like my mother in that moment. Yeah. And it was like, and then my daughter, it was the best birth I had. She literally slid out because because um, after she boxed the gas away, she said to me, you trust me? I said, yes. Let <laughs> breathe your baby out. And, and Rhea just slid out. And it was beautiful. And it was having my mother without the politics. That's what I tell people that I am as a doula. I'm your mother without the politics. Just having a familiar sounding voice, a familiar looking face, keeping me in a place of safety and warmth and care and knowing that I was being heard and listened to. And we live in a world where as black women, we are often silenced and erased. And the last place that we should be silenced and erased is within the birthing of our babies. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the the Embrace report came out in 2019. And, you know, one of the things that stood up to all of us was the fact that black women are five times more likely to die, you know, in the perinatal um, period. Yes. What are your thoughts, you know, on that, especially given the fact that you're in this profession yourself, you know, and what can black women do to protect themselves? So I always tell black my black and brown clients that when their doctor or their midwife isn't listening to them to say, do you are you aware of the um embrace studies and statistics? What are you going to do to keep me safe so that I do not become one of those statistics? I also say that when you present and you say that you have an issue or a symptom or something's worrying you and your doctor or your midwife decide to brush it off as not important, then I say, tell them you want them to document in your notes that you are not, that you are refusing to investigate this or to treat them. Mm. What we need to do is we need to get informed, but we need to, we need to speak to good people. We, there are so many amazing resources that we can find. One of the reasons that they say that we are more likely to die. In fact, several of the reasons are this. First, because our black bodies aren't good enough at giving birth, but that's eugenics. And they say that we're predisposed to hypertension, obesity, diabetes, cardiac issues, etc., And that's why we're unable to birth our babies. And yet, if you take the socioeconomics out of it, you take the money out of it, we have worse outcomes in birth than our African sisters on the African yeah. continent. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a Western thing. So they're telling us that we're having problems because we're too black. The second reason they tell us that we're having problems birthing our babies is because we're too poor. And so statistically, we are, as black and brown women, on the lowest rung of the ladder. And what they're saying is that we don't go to yoga classes, we don't access um, and buy the good foods and things that they say that we need to eat, etc. The next thing that they say is that we don't access antenatal classes. But if the antenatal classes are run by white women with pictures of white women and white babies, and when we speak about our experiences with silenced and erased, then why would we go into those classes? 
So we're too black, we're too poor and we're too stupid. But let's look at Serena Williams. Serena Williams speaks at least four languages. Serena Williams, peak of fitness, top world-class athlete, greatest of all time. Money, so much so that she could barely count it. And married to a man with lots of money. So she has got millions, billions, right? But she nearly died the day after Olympia, her daughter, was born. And the reason she nearly died was because she told them that she was feeling breathless and she has a history of pulmonary embolism. So she needed a CT scan and a heparin drip. The heparin is a blood thinner. And the nurse said to her, no, no, it's just your medication. You're being silly. Go back to bed. Now, remember, in America, you pay for every test you do and she's not poor. So Mm. she kept insisting and then a doctor came and had a Doppler, a handheld machine and held it over her legs and scanned her and said she was fine. And she insisted. And eventually a doctor came and she got the CT scan and they discovered that she had three blood clots in her lung. So she could have died that day. Too black, too poor, too stupid. That's why they say we're dying. But she was none of those things. So if a woman with the resources and the intellect of Serena Williams could almost die because she wasn't listened to and because they tried to erase her, then what does that speak for the ordinary black woman birthing her baby? So we need to get ourselves educated. We need to talk about these things. We need to look at campaigns like on Instagram, five times more, who have a petition out there to get the government to make an urgent inquiry and say what they're going to do to help prevent black women from dying at such rates. Because if white women were dying at five times the rates of black women in childbirth, then you know they would do something about it. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the stigmas that you know that you experience as a doula? Because I'm aware, from, well, me personally, I'm aware that it's more of like a white middle class thing, as it seems. It seems like it's something that more what a lot of, a lot of white middle class women do. Doulas. That's the whole mm. reason I started Abuela Doulas. Because actually, having birthing companions. Is something that women have always had, something that birthing people have always had. We've always had someone beside us. There was someone that gave you food. There was someone that gave you drink. There was someone that that sang with you. There was someone that yes. helped you catch your baby. So it was always, always there. And within our community, we have been colonized and we have internalized the, um, the racism and learned to keep ourselves silent and quiet. Because when we speak up, we're labelled aggressive and angry. And so we feel that we can't question our healthcare professionals because they automatically put us down as troublesome people. And we talk to our families and they say, no, shush, 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 just, 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 just do it. Just do it. Just do what they say. So we need to start questioning. We need to start asking, what are the benefits of this thing that you're suggesting? What are the risks? Are there any alternatives? What does my instinct tell me? What happens if I do nothing? What does the science say? 
Yeah. That spells brains. We need to use our brains. And we need to we need to question things and we need to not be afraid to question them. Absolutely. If you can get a doula, get a doula. Doulas um come in all sort of all packages. Some is really funny. Someone said to me, Yeah, but a doula is really expensive. And I said, But you don't think twice about dropping a thousand pounds on a buggy. <laughs> A bugaboo. <laughs> right. And 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 a car and a different car system. And you will spend so much money on all of the things around the having of the baby. That's true. But not whilst you're journeying journeying to have your baby. But doulas are expensive, Mars. Well, yes, we go on call for you. So we do we we visit you, we spend time with you antenatally. Yeah. about two hours at a time talking to you getting to know you talking about your hopes and fears through birth then when we go on call for you we miss weddings we miss parties we can't go on spontaneous trips and holidays because we need to be 90 minutes within 90 minutes of where you are at any yeah. given time so that when you call we can come to you when you go into labor we stay with you, whether your labour is four hours or 44 hours. And after you've given birth, we stay with you for a couple more hours, making sure that you are safe and feeling well. This takes yeah. us away from our family. This takes us away from our own children. So do we not Absolutely. deserve to be paid for that? Absolutely. Out of curiosity, what is the price bracket for doulas? And like, are there different packages depending on your budget? They go from um, £800 to £3,000. Okay. And you can pay in instalments. You can talk to your doula. Sometimes you can do a skill swap with them. But <laughs> it's about finding the doula that's right for you, not whether or not the doula costs £800 or whether or not the doula costs £3,000. Yes. But remember, if you're quite happy to drop a thousand pounds on a buggy that you're only going to use for a few months. Think about this. When you have a good birth, you heal seven generations behind you and seven generations in front of you. Absolutely. When yes. you have a bad yeah. birth, yeah. that stays with you. In fact, whatever your birth experience is, that stays with you for your lifetime. I would go and do debrief sessions with, uh, clients who've given birth and have their mothers in tears as their mothers tell me about their own birth stories the grandmothers are telling me about their birth stories and their birth experiences so I suppose it comes down to what the priority is and yeah. to clear up any misunderstanding doulas don't work with just with single people single parents or just with couples, or just with this age range. Yeah. We work with anyone that's that's having a baby. And it's important that you talk to the doulas before you engage one and make sure that the doula that you're working with, that you and your partner, if you have a partner, or whoever it is that's sharing, coming into the birth space with you, to make sure that you're all on the same page and that you all click. Because if you choose a doula because a doula is cheap, but something yeah. isn't quite right, well, that will make itself hugely apparent in the labour 
and then that will be an expensive mistake rather than paying for someone who maybe is someone who costs a little bit more but yes. it all works but doulas you know will take installments but remember we have bills to pay as well absolutely I mean what's the differences between a doula and a midwife and so, yeah how does it how does a doula a doula doesn't do anything medical or clinical your doula is there as your emotional your spiritual and your physical support a midwife does all things medical and clinical make sure that that she can hear the baby's heart rate make sure that the baby's um that you and the baby are doing well a midwife will be writing notes and keeping an eye and check on what you're doing and we'll be making suggestions about things that you can do she'll be the one that if you are getting any medications will be giving you the medications but a doula doesn't do any of that a doula is your your mother without the politics the doula is there completely for you she's not there for the hospital she's not yeah. she's not even there for the baby she's there for you so that you yeah. get that sort of support that holds yeah. you really safe I have a friend of mine who said to me oh you know I really want the best care um and so I'm going to go to a private hospital um how do you how do you feel about people who or cu couples who say things like oh the best care equates to having private care what's your views on that it's not necessarily the case I've supported parents in the NHS and privately I have seen good care in both I have seen appalling care in both I was with a client just last year who um after her baby was born and that bit was the nice bit was um in hospital for the, the next day and the midwife that was in charge of her care was racist and the husband sent me a message and said a text message I'd only been home asleep for a few hours and he said, please read your email because we can't talk out loud. And he told me that the midwife that had come in to take at 8.30 that morning to take care of his wife for the day was the same racist midwife that had booked them in at the beginning. And that what she'd been doing was treating his wife really badly and examining her really roughly. So I was called. So I went back to the hospital and spent the day there to ensure that she wasn't mistreated. You won't necessarily, the, the doctors that work in the private system also work in the NHS. Will you get the best care there? Depends on your doctor and the team, but you can also get best care in an H, <laughs> NHS system and setting yeah. with a good team. Yes. And, you know, um, even from my own experiences, I mean, going into this profession, my initial thought was midwives would be doing more of what the doulas are doing. But in, in actual fact, it's not necessarily the case because the resources are a bit scarce when it comes to being maybe wanting to offer a bit more for the woman or having the, the time um, strength, you know, the time to do so. But with the way the system's set up, it's a bit, it's not as, I guess, it's not as I expected it to be. I expected it to be more of what a doula you know, a doula has. But you know, what are some of the expectations? I mean, some of yeah, some of the expectations that people have of midwives that you see that they are unable to live to deliver um on the ward. It's it's the one-to-one -one attention, it's the time to sit and be with you. And 
our midwives are such wonderful beings who give so much. Look, in every profession, there are bastards in every profession. But midwives on the whole, doctors on the whole, are really wonderful people, but they have limited time. They have limited time and they have a job to do and they have people to answer to about what's going on inside this room. Whereas your doula mm -hmm. has just got time to sit and be with you. Yes. To ease your fears and to talk to you and to hear the things that you're saying. So I've I've watched midwives and they have got there is so much red tape, they have got so much writing and recording to do that it takes away from the thing that they most want to do, which is just be with women. Yeah. Yeah. Have you worked in other countries and do you see a differences in the care that midwives have with women or that even doulas have with women? Is there a different setup or system or do you reckon it's the same? I haven't, I haven't worked personally in other countries. I've spoken, but I haven't worked in other countries. But I have lots of American doula friends and their system, wow, it's just so medicalised, it's scary. But across <laughs> Europe, in France and Spain, they are hot, and Germany as well, I think, they are highly medicalised and women have very few choices and are very limited in what they can and can't do before care is taken away from them. So over here, in the, I say to my kids, you know, when you grow and have kids, you have them over here. You don't go, you don't go abroad to have them. You, you have them over here because we have an amazing system. And yes, there are faults. And yes, there's systemic and structural racism. Mm. But we can do things to counter that and you will still have autonomy and choice. That's quite heavy. I mean, why do you think birth has become so medicalised? Men. Money. Look, people talk about, oh my God, you must be mad to have a home birth. You must be mad to have a home birth. As though home birth is some new trend. But hospital births have only been going for about 80 or 90 years. We used to give birth outside of the hospital. The cesarean rate has risen. The induction rate is off the charts. Should one and three one out of three women be having their babies cut out of them? Should one out of two women be being induced to have their babies? Why is that? That's because of maths, measurements, and timings, as Mark Harris, who wrote the book Men Birth Love, says. Because men like to measure things they like timing mm. things so things have to be done in an efficient way but birth is unpredictable yes a woman could come in and she's examined so there's their measurements and they say that she's half a centimeter dilated and the ideal is that she goes and what they want is for her to go to 10 centimeters and when she's at 10 centimetres, she can give birth to her baby. So a woman comes in and she's measured at half a centimetre. You're not in proper labour, go home. But this is what's going on in my body. I really feel this baby's kept. No, don't be ridiculous, go home. 45 minutes later, that woman's holding a baby. But that doesn't fit the timings. 
that doesn't make sense with the maths and the measurement. Yeah. And then another woman, another birthing person will be at eight centimeters. And everyone will be like, great, we'll have this baby in a couple of hours. And 12 hours later, that woman is still waiting for her baby to be born. Exactly. So we're not treating people as individuals. We're fitting mm. them into a pattern yeah. and a process. Yeah. We don't talk about the babies that die in hospital. We only talk about and hear the stories of babies that die outside of the hospital. And we blame people for being outside of the hospital for that happening. Mm. But those are rare. Because if you're having a home birth, you tend to get transferred in if there's an issue. And most yes. people who transfer in from a home birth to hospital is because they want extra pain relief that they can't get at home. Yeah. But we make it seem like a drama. We tell people how irresponsible they are to birth their babies at home where they're least likely to be interfered with. My grandson was born in my lounge because she wanted a home birth and she gave birth to him in water. She labored during the day and she had him quite quickly in the evening with no gas and air and no intervention. She caught her baby herself. She, hers were the first hands to touch that boy. She brought him up out of the water. She's a young black woman. When she went to her initial hospital appointment, they said, these are the things that you will do. And I was with her and I said, I think you mean she has some decisions to make and here are her choices. And the midwife said, I said that. I said, no, you said here are the things that you will do. So full disclaimer here, because I know the way that the system treats young black women, and I've supported young black women within the system and seen how they're treated, I got my daughter an independent midwife, a private midwife, who I know, whose reputation I know, and my daughter had an uninterrupted, peaceful birth. I've supported people with, um, in fact, the first time I worked with this midwife, this midwife was part of the NHS, and she was exactly the same working in the within the NHS as working as an independent midwife. And there are amazing midwives within the NHS who work the way this midwife did or do their best to work the way this midwife did. Yes. But we don't know who our midwife is going to be when we're in labour. Oh, exactly. And I, with all that I know, with the work that I do, with the birth activism that I do, with the colouring in of the landscape of birth that I do, could not leave my child, my 20-year-old black daughter, in the hands of a system and a structure that wasn't designed for her. Exactly. But then how, I mean, it seems as if, if, as though if you have more money or you're exposed to the educational part of it, then you will have better results. How do you encourage more young black women to 
you know advocate for themselves and to have a better knowledge we need to talk about these things amongst ourselves I sat down with my sisters and some friends talking about birth and they kept saying oh shush 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 they don't need to know about that no shush 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 they don't need to know about that yes we do we need to get get rid of that colonial silence that has been put on top of us that because they know that when we talk to each other we learn look at what is happening across the world most of the if not all of the civil uprisings are started by women yeah look what happens when we talk look what happens when we join our voices Mm. so our young black women need to know about birth and they need to know early our young black men need to know about birth and need to know early my eldest son is 27 now when he was 13 he was at an all-boys school and um they were talking about birth and the teacher said some things and because he's my son and because this is the work that i do he (laughs) said i'm really sorry sir but birth doesn't work like that. <laughs> and his teacher said, if birth doesn't work like that, why don't you stand up? And why don't you tell the class how birth works? And he said, mum, I got all the way through the birth, <laughs> the placenta, the golden hour. And I was halfway through breastfeeding when I realized I should probably stop. <laughs> My son is fortunate. My children are fortunate. This is my work. So they know how birth works. They don't watch nonsense go on board every minute or Emma Willis delivers babies. They don't watch that crap that's designed for TV and for drama. They know because we talk about it. You could phone my house, though no one phones houses anymore. That proves my point. <laughs> but you could, phone, but you know, you could phone me and one of my children could pick up the phone and talk you through what you were going through we need our we need our young people our young men our young women to talk honestly and openly about what birth is and how birth works when my daughter and her partner had their son because they both knew he was able to support her he was able to be fully present with her in the birthing moment. Yes. And I, when I say fully present, I don't mean in the room. I mean, he wasn't on his phone. His attention was directed to her and her needs. She needed to eat. She needed to drink. She needed her back rub. She needed to be told she was doing a great job. She needed to be held. She needed to be held when she cried. He was there. Mm. He was fully present. Why? because he understood because we made sure that they both knew how birth can be yeah so we need to stop telling people to shush when they talk about things and we need to talk openly we've got to end that silence it's the silence that's keeping us trapped I mean you said something really interesting there about how much your son-in-law knew about birth how can we encourage more of our men, our young men to um, be more active in birth and have more education relation in relation to birth? And whose responsibility is that to teach them? That's our responsibility collectively as a community. That's why I said we've got to stop shushing people. It's not woman's talk. It's not man's talk. 
you know it's if if all a man's involvement is is depositing some sperm then have no conversation but it's not because he has a responsibility men want boys that are looking to be fathers they want their kids to have the best well that should start yes. at the beginning so they need to be involved in the antenatal care and the antenatal sessions they need to find the good male role models i'm not talking about the celebrities because what do the celebrities know most of them <laughs> don't have good role models themselves and that's just about money and fame that's not yeah. about life that's not about integrity that's not about heart that's about superficial things so we should be sex education should talk about birth and pregnancy and it should be done it shouldn't be seen as well that's what women do so we don't need to talk to the boys about that it's the responsibility of all of us to ensure yes. that our brothers and our sisters and our mothers and our fathers and our uncles and our aunts and our cousins are all educated and when you have a doula your doula will make sure that you are both that they are both educated and it's that they know what yes. to look for i had a woman mm. a young black woman she said i want you to be my doula she said i can't really afford a doula she said but i do love to buy designer shoes so <laughs> i am not going to buy designer shoes i am going to use that money to pay you until until you're paid off so what's important to you you don't just get someone to as my mum says do nothing in the birthroom you get someone who walks alongside you in your journey you get someone who helps yes. you see that you have choices that you can make you get someone yeah. to help you get a good birth and a good birth isn't just a, a birth in a pool of water in the lounge at home mm. a good birth mm. can be a medicalized cesarean but if you know your options if you know your choices and it's yes. not the red pill blue pill that neo is presented in the matrix it's the red it's the yellow pill the green pill the you know all the different colors yeah. the variety of choice that you have mm. to make a decision to know how it is that you want to birth your baby and to know how you want things to go if they're not going according to your original plan absolutely and when does the relationship with you and the woman end if there is an end so it ends when they want it to a natural end is as they as they start to really develop their relationship and feel confident and comfortable with themselves and their baby people yeah. are still in touch with me years later i love it when emails <laughs> drop in this is you know this is baby boy starting school <laughs> this is baby girl starting senior school you no know? and and i love yeah. that i love that that i get emails and they, and sometimes i'll get an email after a few say you probably don't remember me but you were there for the birth of my and then a picture of these gorgeous twins who are 5 or 6 years old drops into my inbox you know i love yes. it so it's we are there for a brief intimate moment in your life some of our clients remain friends others move on with their lives we can't be friends with everybody to the level that we would like to be because there are so many yeah. so many parents 
but we stay in touch. And when when you have a doula, you find that there's just that. It's like when you if, have you ever seen someone and they've gone, oh my god, that's my midwife. That was my midwife. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the nature yeah. of a doula's relationship is a doula gets to know you better than the midwife does. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. So it doesn't ever really end. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm um, realizing that there's there's um with postpartum, you know, the depression rates are soaring. You know, because it's something that's rest. becoming more increasing. We're too busy right. running around in our in our brand new expensive buggies showing everybody how we're doing this, that and the other. We're too busy um, walking street. And when our, when our mums, mum says to us, where are you going? You need to sit still, you'll catch cold in your womb. Oh, don't be so old fashioned. This is a modern life. This is what we're going to do. And we don't allow our bodies to rest and recover and heal. Now that doesn't yeah. mean that that's why you'll get postnatal depression. People who have a tendency towards depression are more likely to get postnatal depression. And there's postnatal depression and there's postnatal psychosis. There are different stages. But if you rest and get to know your baby and allow yourself to be, then you are at, you lessen your risk of postnatal depression. Absolutely. Do you think social media has anything to do with it? Cool. I think people are just nosy. And people just just need to be everywhere. I mean, look, you've got a brand new baby. The world needs to see this baby. This baby is beautiful, man. We live in a society that tells us we need to snap back into shape. Yes. We need to get back to business. We need to get back to working. We need to, you know, we need to remember, all you did was have a baby. You're not sick, you know. No, you're not sick. But before you weren't pregnant, then you went through pregnancy and your body changed and expanded and stretched and incubated and grew and crafted life. And now you've given birth to that life and your body needs to close and gently close and go back yeah. to where it was. But we're so Absolutely. busy running up and down that our body's like, oh, oh, it never quite manages to close because... Yeah we haven't sat still long enough to let it happen but but we live in villages separated by bricks so where are the people that come warming foods where are the people mm. that come and say let me come and let me clean your kitchen let me clean your bathroom for you yeah where are the people that say let me sit with you whilst you feed your baby let me talk to you let me feed you no, we come and we take the baby and say, is there something you need to do? Okay. And we don't respect what that person has just done in the birthing of this baby. Yes. And we don't nourish them and we don't nurture them. And that's what I train my abuela doulas to do. Mm. The postnatal Sankova course, where they're taught yes. to nurture and to nourish the families that they're going into it's not about the baby. It's not your baby. It's your client's baby. It's about giving your client the space to bond and to grow, not to take the baby out of its mother's arms, but to keep that baby in its mother's arms so that that breastfeeding relationship works, so that that bonding takes place. 
what are some of the um, key characteristics of a doula, would you say? We're all so different. Some are, uh, you know, some are very spiritual. Some are very practical and pragmatic. You, this is the one thing you need to know when you, when you choose your doula. How safe do you feel? Can you moo and poo in front of this person? <laughs> because when you're birthing your baby, your sounds change. And it sounds quite bovine. It sounds like you're mooing or you're roaring your baby into the world. When you're pushing your baby out, you will poo a little. No one will tell you. It just happens. And it shows that you're pushing it the right way. Can you moo and poo in front of this person? Is this person going to hold you safe? That's all you need to know. Those are the characteristics that you're looking for in a doula. So your doula might be young. Your doula might be old. Your doula might be all about the crystals. Your doula might be all about yoga. Your doula might be about none of those things. But can you moo and poo in front of them? And if you can, then that's your doula. Great. And how does someone become a doula? If someone's interested in becoming a doula, what are the steps that they need to take to become one? You email me. And I will tell you about our training course. And you will start to do your doula preparation course. Yes. And then you will start to work as a doula. The reason I say you email me, there are other doula courses out there. But for me, anti-racism, cultural safety, ancestral work is a given. It's an integral part of what we do. It's not a bolt-on optional extra. So you get in touch with me and we talk. And if my course isn't the right course for you, I'll point you towards another course and you can see if that one's the right fit for you. In the same way that you choose the right doula for you, you should choose the right course for you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, so we're coming to an end now. This has been a, such an insightful, incredible talk. Um, you know, if people really want, you know, if people want to know more about you or they want to find out where to find you, essentially, where, where can we do that? So I'm all over Instagram as Abuela, A-B-U-E-L-A doula. Abuela doula, D-O-U-L-A for doula. Or Google Mars Lord, Mars like the planet. Lord like Lord Almighty. Um, <laughs> and you'll find me. Uh, I'm on podcasts all over the place, it would appear, including this wonderful podcast here. <laughs> you'll find me on instagram and facebook and my website is www.abueladoulas a b u e l a s sorry l a d o u l a s abueladoulas.com great um there was also something about um a charity or fund somewhere so if we wanted I to partake in the fund scholarship fund and if you really want to become a doula and money is an issue, then if you if you come to my Instagram, you will find all the information about the scholarship fund where you can train to be a doula. You have to fill in an application form that's scored and read by several people. It's not a given that you will get it, but if you get it, then all your fees will be paid all of your expenses will be paid, including your, including six months worth of mentoring afterwards. 
and that's wow. the Black Lives Abuela Scholarship, BLA Scholarship Fund. And you can Amazing. find that on my social media as well. If you're well, you someone know. who wants to donate, yes. there are also opportunities for you to donate to the scholarship and um, ensure that black and brown women have culturally safe care and doulas that look like them. Yes, great. Well, Mars, thank you so much for joining us today. It was it was such a pleasure having you. And, you know, we look forward to seeing you and seeing you grow and connecting with you again. Wonderful. And I look forward to sort of hearing from some of you all. And um, I really wish you all a peaceful birth experience. Those of you that are getting ready to have babies, those who aren't yet pregnant, I pray that your birthing experience is a peaceful one. Thank you.